Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and this is going to be a very interesting hour. Dr. Marcus Bachman is joining me in studio, and we're going to talk about uh, when it's time, when it's a, uh, what to look out for when you decide you need some counseling. I had a friend of mine just a week ago say that his wife wanted him to go to counseling. I said, "What did you say?" And he said, "Well, you pretty much are going to want to." Be respectful and honor your wife's request. So, yes, I'm going to go. And then my next thought was, well, how do you choose a therapist? Do you, because it's, do you interview them? Do you go on websites? So I thought, I want to find out how to go about finding a therapist and what questions to ask and, and what to look for and, and what to be cautious of. Dr. Marcus Bachman is the founder and president of Counseling Care. You can learn more about him and his amazing team at counselingcare.us. Marcus, I know you're busy right now, but <laughs> when you get around to getting your face in front of the microphone, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Bill. Hello, Marcus. It's good to be here again today. <laughs> yes. Hey, I thought we were going to get a little bit more edgier. I thought we were going to talk about, you know, some of the dangers involved in seeing a counselor. Well, no, no, no. We're going to talk about that, too. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, because I'm ready to, you know, take, take down my whole... Uh, uh, industry? Industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's start. Let's get controversial right away. What are some of the dangers of seeing a therapist? Well, just think about it, Bill. There are so many hats that people put on. They say they're their counselors. Uh, some that say they're biblical counselors, just credential counselors, licensed counselors, specialist counselors. So uh, what if you were to go to someone that had no training in marriage counseling? Uh, were they, they themselves are not married. I mean, this could be a real problem for someone who has no idea the dynamics of a relationship or someone who is uh, battling with trauma and has never been trained in how to do trauma. They may have good intentions. Mm -hmm. They may think, you know, God is uh, the answer for all things, which we all could on our radio program say there is truth to that. But if you don't have training, as I know that it's really helpful when I have my teeth cleaned, that someone has some training and yeah, how idea. to clean my teeth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think there's some, there are dangers beyond that. There are dangers when people are not ready, willing to go into counseling for the right reasons. They want to check the box, box and say, I was there. Um, and don't you agree with me, Marcus, that you know he's a terrible husband and uh, what they want is compassion and empathy, which many counselors can give. Uh, but some people are trained or not trained, and some people are not in it for the right reasons, and they may just nod their head uh, to the person who wants to end a marriage or make a fatal decision. And I think that's dangerous and is harmful. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your listeners... Uh, could call in and give some examples of um, how was it that they had um, 
uh, harm done to them in counseling. I, I'd, I'd love to respond to that. So hmm. um, something I'd just like to think, I, I think we, we need to be very mindful. Who do we choose? How do we choose them? And what should happen in counseling to make it successful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say harm that's been done, is is that a little subjective? Because I didn't get the response I wanted when I went to counseling. Therefore, I feel harmed. Exactly. But that doesn't mean I didn't hear the truth. That's right. That's right. And someone coming to me who I will say in the very first session, um, uh, first of all, I'm I'm not uh, trying to become your friend. Okay. Uh, I I can befriend you in many ways, but I'm not here to say yes. Uh, without challenging you, mm-hmm. without giving to you the truth, whether you are ready uh, to receive it, uh, maybe another question, but I am here um, to give you in a kind way, but in a strong way, this is the truth, and you need to take a look at it. If you've been stuck for 20 years doing the same thing, and you just want someone to nod their head and say, yeah, that sucks. That's really not going to help. Mm-hmm. It's empathetic. I could have used better words than that, like Bill. That, but you know, life life sometimes sucks, and yeah, and if we just give this warm, um, affirming approach toward, yes, that is really tough being married to who you have in your life. It's really tough having a disabled child, mm-hmm. and you know what? Maybe it's time to move on. Yeah, have a different life. Yeah, wow. There is power in counseling, as the counselor would, would, would have that kind of power, and it's, it can be dangerous power. Mm-hmm. Marcus, I'm going to ask you a question here, but I just want you to know there's no follow-up questions allowed. <laughs> okay? I'm just going to ask the why, question. Why are you so controlling, Bill? Well, because, Let's talk about it. Because did, I'm hosting a show start? right now. Can, can we just talk, Do your sisters think you're controlling? Um, probably. All right. <laughs> okay. So how can, how can we know if our expectations are realistic in a relationship? Uh, I think there is such great premarital um, resources out there. Okay. And I think there's some great testing out there. And uh, it, it is, it's marvelous to have a couple come in and say, this is, this is real, realistic this is what you're thinking, and it is matching up here, but it's not matching up here. Mm-hmm. What would you uh, consider to be one of the, the, the basic uh, root causes of, of not addressing relational conflict? Oh, I think there's a great deal of fear okay. and people-pleasing and a, a real need to um, try to um, have peace. Uh, you know what? Uh, life is hard, and... Uh, you turn on the uh, news reports and you're just thinking, I just want to go home. I don't put my feet up. I don't want to have conflict with anybody. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. and so, avoidance is 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 very popular mm-hmm. uh, for a relationship. And I, I I think that it it has to, you know, this whole introspection is a phenomenal thing in counseling. Uh, so you know. Uh, where'd you get your belief system from? And, uh, you know, what, what was, what was the reason for you to believe that back then? And you still carry it today. Have you ever considered looking at it from another perspective? Mm -hmm. And I, I, this is where relational marital counseling comes in, in an exciting way, because if you're trained to do marriage relational counseling, you really can 
can say, well, let's look at from the other person's perspective. How does that person see it? What are their needs? Oh, I've never thought of it that way before. And the, the curtains start to, get, to open up. Mm-hmm. So getting back to my friend whose wife said, I'd love for you to see some counseling, and he agreed, of course. I said, well, what, what, do, you, what do you hear from her? And, and he said, well, I guess I'm, I've got a short fuse. And I said, has that been your whole life, or is that just something more recently? And he said, I think it's more recent. I ran across this, and it's mm-hmm. uh, something that uh, a neuroscientist uh named Douglas Field said, said, when we face chronic stress or trauma, our brain re- rewires the rage circuits. Yeah. In other words, the sustained level of stress and fear you experience every day when you're under pressure depletes your emotional resources, making you much more likely to get mad even at minor provocations. That's right. He's got a good point. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that more and more and more today because we are stretched uh, COVID has done it. Uh, a lot of reasons. People's uh, places in life have, you know, we just do not have the rubber band um, uh, expanding as 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 we once did, um, and so we can we can snap easier. And for someone to recognize that and say, "I want us to go to counseling together to talk about that," that that has real value. Now, I think the person also needs to recognize. Well, wait a minute. Um, do I have a part to helping, assisting, snapping that rubber band in you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we need to take an honest look at our relationship. And maybe if I've if I demand for you to make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, uh, because that's my lifestyle, I might be snapping a whole lot more than if I were making eighty thousand, which is really where God has called us to make. And I, I'm certainly not trying to say eighty thousand is where you know it's supposed to be, but all I'm trying to say is that th- there can be stress and strain from a lot of different factors that cause someone uh, to have short tempers. Mm -hmm. So the question is, have you had uh, not only a bad experience, but maybe some harm as a result of counseling? We'd love to hear the story. We'd love to uh, have Marcus process it for you. Uh, Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. But if you're willing to be vulnerable, share a little bit of of the problem or issue you had in counseling and something that maybe didn't go well, uh, we'd love to discuss it. And of course, you can remain completely anonymous. All you do is text it over to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. If you've had some hurt or some injury as a result of counseling, maybe we can uh, talk talk you through it a little bit. Again, 877-933-2484. Glad to have my friend Dr. Marcus Bachman in studio, and we're talking about counseling. Maybe you have been told counseling would be helpful for you. Uh, maybe you're in a messy relationship, uh, Marcus. When when there's people coming into the counseling office and they have a messy relationship, is it there a, a good chance that both have some unhealthy emotional issues? 
Oh, boy. I'm going to give you one of my one-liners, okay. which I think is really unfair. Uh, it's often, the statement is is often given, okay, if there's a marital problem, um, you both have responsibility in it, and both um, have some ownership in it. While that has some truth, you know, there's the other side of that, and it could be, very well be that whether it's the sin, the selfishness, um, the issue with the one person can be the dominant problem. So I think we have to be kind of careful always to say, because it's always nice to say, oh, it's both of you. Well, wait a minute. What if it's not both of you? There are times when it's just one of you. That is predominant. The other one has a response. The other one can do something about it. But it can be at times where it's predominantly just the one. Mm-hmm. How much does insecurity show up in counseling? Oh, boy. Bill, did you have a psych minor? This is good. No, but I mean, good. insecurity is seems like it's at the foundation of a lot of people's yeah, you know, whether, issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a situation yesterday in our small men's group, and it was just precious, Bill. Um, you know, we were talking about being open and honest and vulnerable in our prayer requests, and we prayed for each other. And uh, someone said at the very end, you know, I just need to share with you that um, I struggle in the middle of the week um, about who I am, hmm. my value and my worth. Yeah, It was a beautiful um, understanding among each other because we could all say we nodded our heads and we could all say we've struggled with that also. Mm -hmm. That's not just you. It's all of us. I, and I, and I, I do think that insecurity um, plays a big part of uh, people, whether they're willing to get help or not, and whether they're willing to take a look at their own lives um, that flashlight, you know, there there really is something to be said about it. If you're not ready to take an, uh, an investigative look, and if you need more time or you need more of something, um, then let that be understood and let that person have uh, what they need. Uh, but I think that insecurity can be a huge block to um, getting the help that you need. I do think, Bill, it's very uh, valuable for someone to do an interview approach toward what and who is the right counselor. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so rarely done. Really? So what what kind of invitation do I have? Uh, How would I, if I were to, let's say, call your office and I said I wanted to interview Marcus, how well well would that go over with the front desk? Don't interview me. (laughs) We're going to have, you got a a few days. Yeah, let's pick a normal person. How would we do it with a normal person? Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) Boy, you're an affirmer. Okay. (laughs) You know, know, first of all, the truth is, it's not just, it's not our office that I'm wanting to focus on. It's any, any therapist. I think the, um, the rarity does does on occasion happen, and I think that you should be ready to ask the questions, okay, are you licensed? Um, what's your credentials? Uh, how long have you been in the field of counseling? What are your specialties? Um, and what is your what is your own uh, belief system? Uh, if it's a faith uh, question mm-hmm. about, you know, um, where do you see um, God in the, in the focus of, of counseling? 
And if they stumble and they say, well, you know, it depends on and, you know, you, you've got kind of an idea that this person may or may not have a strong faith integration. They, if they stumble on, uh, you know, uh, how, uh, if they're not, if they're not saying to you, marital counseling is an area that I specialize in. And uh, you, I think you need to hear words of, I'm going to fight for your marriage. I'm here uh, because I believe in marriage. I think you need to hear a positive uh, response, not a perfect response, but mm-hmm. a pretty positive response as you interview. And it just takes a few minutes. It doesn't mm-hmm. take very long. And that would be done maybe on the phone? Usually oh. on the phone. Sometimes okay. people will do it in the first session. Okay. They can ask whatever questions they want. They need to understand, um, you know, um, what, what, if, if you don't have by the third session a pretty good sense of where are we going here. Uh, remember, uh, people who bring a marital issue to a counselor, they can talk about Problem after problem after problem every week. Well, so what happened this week between the two of you, which has some value, Mm -hmm. but you really want to talk about the underlying issues of, uh, you know, uh, how did you react and why did you react that and where's that coming from? You want to go deeper. You want to have a counselor by the third session. You have a pretty good sense. Do I, do I get a sense that this person is, is, Interested in my well-being? Is he challenging? She is she challenging me? Is she willing to give me another perspective so that I'm just not seeing her nod her head? Because you know you can get people that will nod their head at you know you have a you have a very hard and tough life, and I understand you. If they're not asking for okay, let's hear from the other person in your life. Let's hear from a family member. Let's, let, me, let me read your journaling. Let me see what takes place outside of this office. I think uh, by the third session, you should have a pretty good understanding of here's the plan, what we call is a treatment plan. Uh, how long do you think it will take before we get there? Mm. And how are we going to get there? These are great questions. These are really helpful. It It is, uh, you know, I, I, I'm shocked that so often people, even if they look at a website of counselors, they'll take a look at the picture and they think that they can judge the person. Well, that person looks pretty good. I'm thinking, what does that have to do with the counseling skills? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, is it, uh, you know, where did they go to school? Uh, and what did they study? What was their area of focus? Uh, if they didn't have a primary area of focus for relationship marriage counseling, why would you be choosing someone who who doesn't have that as a backdrop? You do it in medicine all day long. Your internist says, I'm sending you to an ENT doctor. Yes, but, I mean, but the, the fortunate thing is ENT is at least a specialist. That's what I mean. Yes. But I mean, they, he specializes in ear, ear, nose, and throat, right? That's right, so, that's right. But you're going to want to find someone, if you're in a marital conflict, to find someone who's trained and has a lot of experience in that. Yeah. And and I will say this about, um, real quickly, about the medical field. I love it when I have a doctor that has personal people skills, bedside manners, yeah. you know, that they can, you know, do a little joking and um, not too much joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, broke your foot again. Okay, yeah. Marcus. Uh, no, and, uh, but I really want the person who has an expertise 
in being able to do the right. surgery, obviously. But I would say in, in a lot of ways, you do need the expertise in a therapist, but you really do also need the bedside manners. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't trust that person who I am uh, sharing the most intimate, emotional, personal um, uh, areas of my life, and that person is looking out the window or looking at his watch or her watch and thinking, uh, I, we're not connecting here. I don't care how skilled they are uh, in knowing some of the systems approach toward counseling. They mm-hmm. have a lot of tools in their toolbox, but if I'm not connecting, I'm not trusting, I don't think healing is going to come very easy mm-hmm. in this process. Yeah. I would imagine that people walk in saying, well, well, the defenses are already up. They don't want to be there. Who is this guy? Yes. And why do I want to start opening up everything inside of me to this person? Yeah, we take a whole semester course of how to join in uh, with a difficult client. Well, we only have a half hour, but try to cram that course into 30 minutes. I'm real curious about that. Yeah. How, how do you how do you join in? Well, it's it's certainly not easy, but I think there's a humility involved yeah. in making sure that, you know, um, I'm I'm not up here and you're down here. I'm in this I'm this in this boat with you. Mm-hmm. And if you give me the opportunity, um, I would be honored to walk alongside of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect you to trust me this session. Wow. Uh so you know, I think that really opens it up and, you know, then you're starting to ask some questions and um, depending on how strong the resistance is, uh, you need to ask some more um, or talk more. Um, and sometimes, for instance, uh, have a teenager uh, skip the office. Let's just go outside mm-hmm. when it's nice and let's just take a walk and mm-hmm. let's throw the ball across to each other. And Or, you know, with children, we do play therapy because... Children are not going to sit in a, in a chair and no. tell me about how you feel. You know, they are going to express themselves in ways um, that uh, will happen through play therapy. Mm-hmm. And and then you have to make sure that's another area that, you know, it's not just a person who can talk well with children, play well with children. They have to be trained in play therapy. Right. They have to understand, especially when it comes to trauma, how are we going to uh, reach in and um, uh, work with a child that has ex- has had trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you are considering uh, that going to counseling, maybe you have a need to be there and you're trying to figure out how to get the other person in a counseling room. Maybe you have a question for Dr. Marcus Bachman. You can send it over. We'll answer it for you to the very best of our ability, 877-933-2484. Or maybe you had uh, something go wrong in a counseling session and it was not a good experience. And if you'd be willing to share that, we'd love to process that as well. 877-933-2484. Of course, you can remain anonymous. And then um, we will discuss whatever comes in. Be right back with Dr. Marcus Bachman.
Dr. Marcus Bachman, and he is, uh, we're talking today about uh, vetting a, th- a therapist, making sure that you know the right kinds of questions to ask. Maybe you're on the sidelines needing to go to therapy, but you're wondering, how do I find a person that I can trust, I can go to, I can be vulnerable with, I can uh, know that we're going to be on the same page, going in the right direction, understanding my biblical worldview. And sometimes, Marcus, you can have good intentions and be a, a biblical counselor, but maybe not have all of the required training? Is that what you're suggesting? A- absolutely. Say I mean, more about that, because I'm not making this up. <laughs> well, I, I'm very, I want to be very honoring of uh, well-intentioned uh, people who, uh, the, the truth is many people get into counseling uh, professionally and as lay people because they have their own issues about counseling. They've been hurt. They've been damaged, and I understand that. You know, not only do they want to get healed, they want to help others. But the truth is, uh, as we have said three thousand times, you have to be whole in order to um, really minister to a person, so that it doesn't become about you. And there's limitations um, to anyone uh, who is not trained. There's limitations to a person that may say and think. You know, Jesus does heal, which is true. Jesus is our answer, which is true. But when it comes to someone who is um, not trained and uh, that person is hearing voices, uh, they may be quick to say, well, those voices are from Satan. And I am not in disagreement that Satan has his own heyday with mental health issues. I think he does. I think he laughs and I think he enjoys the fact that people... Um, struggle. But someone trained, uh, or excuse me, not trained, and just simply saying that's a sin issue. You know, you're depressed because you haven't turned your life over enough to the Lord. Um, You know, your your, uh, laziness is a, it's, 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 you're not willing to get up and do what you're supposed to do for the day because you're lazy. That's sin. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What what if there's a physical cause that is why that person has a chemistry imbalance and it affects them so that they have anxiety, so that they have depression? What if their hearing of voices has to do with a a, a chemical imbalance in the brain, a broken brain? Mm-hmm. I just think it could be so dangerous to be quick to judge, to be quick to say Ah, this is, this is, or even say it in in a strong way, uh, this is what the Lord is telling me to give you as an answer. Well, Bill, you know, I, 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 I can only say I have seen too many damaged people that have come in as a result of being misdiagnosed mm-hmm. and not have had proper assessment, testing, and evaluation and at times, sometimes going to a medical doctor. There are lots of reasons why people have their broken brain. And I think we have to be really careful of not um, 
testing them out on people who are not trained. Mm-hmm. Am I being am I being too hard there, Bill? Is that is that is that, is that not strong enough? I'm, no, I think I'm, you're, I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping to give credit where credit is due because mm-hmm. listen, after a service on church and there's a prayer team up in front. Thank you, Lord. There are people that have a gift of being sensitive and willing to pray. But I sure hope they don't go too deep into areas that is not theirs, and they refer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when you need a uh, truth a tooth drilled, you call a dentist, right? Yes. I mean, I've been to so many of Christian events, uh, evangelical outreach events, yeah. where the the speaker might have been a great speaker, yeah. but was very uncomfortable with kind of wrapping the, the, the event up with helping people understand how to come to faith in Christ and yeah. what is what Christ has done. So that I've seen that handled awkwardly many, many, many times. Maybe you have too. Oh, yes. And I think, well, if, if you want that portion of the program to be executed well, I think you bring in a person who's really skilled at that. Yes. And that's no criticism of the speaker who is brilliant, right? That's right. But the speaker goes, I'm, I'm really happy delivering this content, but I'm a little uncomfortable with doing that part. Yes. You know? So so whether it's the part that um, gives a salvation message, the evangelistic mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. whether it's at a fundraiser, and I'm sure you've seen this, where you just I, oh. roll your eyes, oh, please, could we have someone who knows how to close this up Yes, and do it quickly and do it respectfully? Right. But if you're going to be begging me or scaring me, I'm. you see that exit door? Yeah, right. I, I typically am not, not supposed to exit, but I'm really tempted right now because this <laughs> yeah. is painful. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for a therapist. If it's not the right fit, if they don't know what they are equipped to be doing, then please respectfully say, yes, I will pray for you. Uh, I'm also going to refer you. Mm-hmm. I am. This is not my area of expertise. I, I love truth. This is not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. And I say that for some people, I don't deal with eating disorders. That's not my area. And so I can just simply say, I need to refer you. Mm -hmm. I can talk to you about some other areas. Mm -hmm. May affect eating disorder, but that's not my specialty. You just need to know that. Yeah. No, that's is that refreshing? Oh, I think it's very refreshing. I mean, if we yeah. if we could just close up the, the the part where you know they're asking for money and do it well, and I just want to give credit here. You guys just went through your KTIS, you know, the fundraiser thing. I felt so good about how the approach was positive, not pressuring, not guilt ridden, not shameful. It was it was done well. Thank you. Yeah, that was that, off track. That felt kind of good, didn't it, Rosie? You always throw me when you, my microphone was off. Yes. Uh, It felt great. And you know what? Thank you, Marcus, for saying that because I can't tell you how many meetings we have beforehand, making sure our heart is aligned with God in generosity and giving and inviting people to the table without, you know, pushing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so thank you for that. You're welcome. But I think that there are, there are, there's some audience uh, that have had difficulty with counseling and they've had some bad experiences. I think it's really hard to share 
I think it is text too. that. And, none and of, so I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming anyone for not doing it. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. I know I was taking a stretch here today by asking, but I think there is there's something to be said about um, well-meaning, intentional. You know, they they may vary. Hey, listen, there's the other side to it too. Uh, there there are therapists that are in this field for the, for the wrong reasons. Absolutely the wrong reasons. Um, they want to make money, and that's their first and foremost. They mm-hmm. will they will keep someone in counseling for a longer period of time than necessary. They will they will um, add a code. They will make sure insurance. Uh, they can get as much money out of the insurance. I'm really talking negative now. Um, need to be careful. But there are people that mm-hmm. that are out there, and you know what? If if you don't have a, a, a strong sense in your spirit after a few uh, f- sessions. Um, I I really do find another place to take my car. I I need to get my car fixed, and if this isn't working, it's not what I like. Um, I will find someone else. Mm-hmm. And we all know if you've had any medical experiences, and you could even talk about one yourself if you would like to. This I don't want to break any HIPAA laws, but if you don't get a response that you're entirely comfortable with, I think there's something called seeking a second opinion. Yes. <laughs> I know some things about second opinions. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very I mean, you got a second opinion recently, and it made a big difference. <laughs> I had a uh, first opinion that said I needed to have my large toe amputated. I have neuropathy, and uh, that the infection went to the bone. And, uh, you know, I... I res- highly respect this doctor. I, I still do to this day. Surgery is not his specialty. Okay. Uh, foot care is, but yeah. not surgery. Right. And so I just thought inside, I am going to get a second opinion. Uh, and I think by the grace of God, scheduled for surgery on Thursday to have my large toe amputated. And um, I got into Mayo. Oh, I shouldn't drop names. I'm sorry. And uh, got a second opinion. The doctor looked at my face and said, Marcus, I just want you to know this infection has not got into your, t- uh, into your bone. Mm-hmm. We are not going to amputate. We're going to give you a cast. You're going to have that for a few months and you are, you're, you are going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. That's such good news. Love second opinions. Yeah. But we also have a responsibility in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, whether it's about medical issues or whether it's about counseling issues. And just because it's under the heading of the church or a Christian counseling agency or even a a state, you know, well-known name, that doesn't mean you're going to get the care you need. Mm -hmm. You know, I think think you really need to have a sense of, am I going to be challenged with the truth? Will this person be sensitive? Yes. But does this person have the expertise in the area that I need help? Yeah. So would you recommend that if two people go to see marital counseling, that they have this agreement that they would start by asking some of these questions? Because I can see one person asking questions and raising all kind of trouble and the other person feeling embarrassed 
I knew you didn't want to be here. You're just making this whole thing impossible. And, ka- you know, kaboom, the whole thing is falling apart before it even starts. You're good, Bill. This is good. Yes, so you're absolutely right. Talking about that before uh, it happens would be very helpful. That's why it's an agreed upon a decision. That's why we're going to. And and by the way, uh, let's both ask questions. Let me not be the only one to ask questions. Mm-hmm. But if I end up being the only one to ask questions, let that not be a hindrance. Yeah. And if uh, one person likes and another person doesn't, is it still worth proceeding a, l- a little ways to see what happens? I think that if uh, one person says, I'm not okay about seeing this counselor, okay. do not continue. I think that needs to be okay to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if that if it's because of insecurities or if it's for the wrong reasons, then we need to talk about that a little differently. But if you have a hesitation in your spirit, if you know that this person, you know, didn't get the training, isn't this is not their area of their specialty, they have a good heart and a desire to help out, but this is not what I feel comfortable with, let's look and search for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It is so rare that I am ever or any of our counselors in the state of Minnesota are ever interviewed, it would be like, what? This is a surprise. I welcome it. I think it is such a valuable thing to do, and yet it's so rare that it happens. And why shouldn't it happen? We're talking about the the very the essence of who we are, the direction <laughs> of where we're yeah. going, the the plan that God has in store for us. I'm I'm ready to start preaching here. Okay, I'll I like go. it. Bring it on, I'm, brother. I'm just telling you, it's so rare, and I think why would that be? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's like we do a lot of research on, you know, if we're, we're choosing a private school, which school should we go to? Well, we just don't put it, uh, a dart and throw it in the map and say, okay, Northwestern, boy, they got, they got the pick this time because I aimed the dart in the right way. No, mm-hmm. we come to a school because we've done some studying. We've read, we've looked at the website, we've asked some people. It's not just because your father or mother went here. It's because they have the school, the right major, the right environment, and we've done our due diligence. Yeah. I mean, you want 11 references for a plumber. Right? <laughs> That's right. And you're going to want to find out all kinds of questions. Are you going to show up on time? You know, you've got all these questions you're going to ask the yes. plumber before you hire him. Yes. I mean, how more how more significant is a, a marriage counselor if you are in conflict? That's right. And by the way, our prices are just as high as the plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> just a side note. Yeah. <laughs> so the next time the plumber comes over, you can say, hey, do you know anything about relationships? <laughs> He probably will say, yeah, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> All right. We'll take a little break. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. And uh, if you've had an experience uh, with a counselor that didn't go well and you want to process it, I know that might be vulnerable or asking a lot. It might be a stretch question, like Marcus said, but uh, we'd love to hear what it is and talk about it. Of course, you can remain anonymous. That number is 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with Dr. Marcus Bachman. Dancing in the night, turn out all the lights, singing from the bottom of. 
Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the founder and president of CounselingCare.us, CounselingCare.us. We're talking today about making sure we ask the right questions and vetting a therapist because this is a pretty important topic, the survival of your marriage. You want to make sure you're finding someone who's well-trained, understands your biblical worldview, and has an interest in uh, going along this journey with you and making sure that the specialty is marital counseling. So, Bill, can you imagine a counselor saying a couple of these lines uh, in when they're in marriage counseling? You can do better than this. You deserve better. You're still in this marriage. The power of a counselor to say those words. I think, first of all, what business do you have to taking power and, and deciding this marriage is not worth saving? Other than, you know, physical uh, threat, of course, there'd be a reason to separate. And, and certainly some would say infidelity, but I believe that God, even within that, would say um, if a person is repentant and they've worked through, um, there's even a, a reason there to save a marriage. Marriage, 40% of people who have been divorced have not only regrets, but believe that if they spent more time in counseling or working through their issues, 40% say they believe they could have saved their marriages. I think the power of a counselor is incredible to direct. We are not blank slates. Even though in graduate school we are taught to ask the question a thousand times, how do you feel, how do you feel, how do you feel? And so the guy that's sitting across from me and is having an affair and is enjoying his affair, if I ask how does it feel, he may say, this feels terrific. Mm -hmm. This feels absolutely freedom for me. What value is there? If I keep asking a question like that and not give some responsible um, question askings or, or, or insight into how harmful that decision is going to be in his life, there is tremendous power in a counselor's response. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, I got a, 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 big, uh, a big point here to make from a listener. Okay. You're going to find this one interesting. Vulnerability can be a huge issue. The only counselor I've ever gone to ended in an emotional liaison, as he told me, of his love for me. Mm. Trust is a crazy issue. Also, counselors have a responsibility to stay accountable. How can we be sure? Wow. Well, I'm very sad to hear, hear that story. It's, it, it happens. And, um, you know, we take the ethics exam for each of our licenses, and the ethic is always, you know... Um, are you emotionally, is it all right to be emotionally involved? Is it all right to be physically involved? Is it? Is there any place for what we've called a, a dual relationship, um, a breach? And, of course, the answer is no, it's not. And uh, people lose their licenses lo- lo- and, and should lose their freedom to practice. Um, so um, it does, you know, the, the, the truth is if someone comes into counseling as a professional and has not, uh, become a whole person where they still have a need for recognition in the wrong places. And they're still looking for some things that they haven't dealt with themselves. And then they find somebody else who is vulnerable, who has a bad marriage. You can see the recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it is it is really a boatload of trouble, even if you've gone through uh, 12 years of additional counseling, uh, excuse me, education. You can still be as vulnerable as can be if you haven't taken care of. Um, and I think that there are always signs within a counseling situation where you can recognize why is this counselor talking so much about their life? Why are they talking about their problem relationship? Why are they talking about their stories? I'm the client. You're not. And when you sense that the therapist is really trying to work through and finding you to be attractive, whatever that may mean in a lot of different ways, you 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 should have your antennas up that this is not working. This is, I'm not feeling comfortable. And as a matter of fact, you may even say that to the counselor. I feel like, you know, whenever I tell a story, you have another story you need to top my story with. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I'm telling you my vulnerability, you're trying to share your vulnerability. I'm not comfortable with that. I need to get help. I don't want to be the one to give you the help that you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, what 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 a statement, right? Yeah. It probably wouldn't end well, but at least you've said something and you're moving on. That person is rarely confronted who's using the client for their own gain. But once they're confronted, that is probably one of the strongest detours of opportunity that they have in their life to say, uh, this isn't working, mm-hmm. and I need to take care of me. Is the therapist trying to identify the the client's pain as something that they can completely understand because they sort of went through something like it? And by sharing the story, the client goes, wow, a therapist like you went through that? Yeah, you know, I certainly don't want to take away from uh, a therapist wanting to identify, empathize, and give an example from their own life. There is a there is a place for that, Bill. I, I certainly will agree with that. What I'm saying is, if that becomes more of the theme, if that becomes too often, mm-hmm. if that is a story that has to be added to almost every story that that client is giving, uh, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. We're in trouble. But, oh, by all means, by all means, um, I've walked that road. I understand something about that. Let me share with you the experience that I have had. Um, I'm not trying to, I hope I'm not confusing that. Um, There is a place and a time for that. And I think there are therapists that feel um, more comfortable with that than others. And it has a place. I think Mm -hmm. I, I, I see it. I, I don't, I don't do it as often um, I, I would say that I would, I would do it as I'm led to do it. Um, but I really want to make sure that my focus is on my client and, and why he or she is here and what is it that's causing this pain in their life and how do we uh, get through the blockages. And so my focus is on the other person, which, mm-hmm. which it really, really should yeah. be. Marcus, when you start a counseling session, do you ask uh, if you can pray? Oh, yes. I, I often will ask. Um, well, first of all, I do an assessment to find out if they are spiritually alive or not. Okay. <laughs> because if they haven't um, shown an interest in and questioned God, I think it would be almost um, 
uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. and inappropriate to, to, to ask that. But if they've, you know, I mean, 80% of the people that come to see us um, desire to have the faith integration. So mm-hmm. that's a very comfortable question to mm-hmm. ask. Uh, we have to ask a lot of other questions to have an assessment and an interest in knowing and getting to know who they are. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty careful. Um, someone who's been damaged spiritually, um, <clears throat> it, it, this is maybe easy to understand. I'm not sure. But if you say, you know, uh, is it all right if we pray every session? Well, if you've been damaged spiritually, they may not be ready for that. That that may be a hard um, request. And and. How are they to say no? You know, here they are. Right. Uh, what if? What You're if seeing a Christian counselor? He yeah. wants to pray. Yeah, I, be, I better say yes. I better. Yeah, I better agree to that. And what if that isn't the right answer? Because I, I hate this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I hate what we're doing, talking about this. And mm-hmm. I'm not ready, and I don't even know who you are. Right, Bill and, Arnold's my name. Yeah, thank you, Bill. You're pointing at me. I, was to, <laughs> I hope you know who I am because I just spent an hour with you on the radio. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting old, 66. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I just I, I said that because we're we're a little bit out of time, but this was oh, a fascinating no, 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 fascinating hour and really helpful. I think but, we've given very unique, very different in some ways, and I I didn't mean to be my f- sole purpose wasn't to attack my my field. No, the truth the truth is we can be very helpful people. Yes, and not only that, but I, like Rosie said, I think you've given people permission to vet the therapist, yeah. to ask questions. I mean, hopefully we've empowered people to say, hey, before we start, I've got two or three questions I'd like to ask. Excellent. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, and that's, that's powerful. So thank you yeah. so much, Dr. Marcus Bachman, founder and president of CounselingCare.us. He didn't come on the show today to promote his clinic, but, you know, it's there. You can reach out to him. They do all kinds of video conferencing, counseling, and everything else. And if you live in the Twin Cities, he's got, what, two offices? I have two offices, two offices yes, yeah. 30 therapists and yeah. a few people that are on the medical staff, so yeah. yes. That's awesome. That's our show for today. Thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.